Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Thursday, February 16th. Allow me to quote my colleague Matt Levine for a second. In a recent column about the great crypto crackdown, Matt wrote, At some emotional level, the debate is we need to stop fraudsters versus we need to allow for innovation. And the fraud innovation balance has shifted a lot in recent months. It's true. Over the past several months, regulators have watched crypto company after crypto company file for bankruptcy, freeze withdrawals, Some crypto founders have become fugitives from the law, and others have been arrested for allegedly breaking laws. Customers have lost a lot of money, and the prospects for recovery are, in some cases, pretty bleak. And now, after what's been criticized as months spent on the sidelines, regulators have begun fighting back. In just the first two months of this year, we've seen a couple of pretty significant escalations. And today we're going to talk about one of them, what's happening with stablecoins. You know, those crypto tokens that are supposed to hold their value and that are typically backed by some real-world financial assets, like the U.S. dollar or U.S. treasuries. In addition to stablecoins, we're going to talk about Binance, the largest crypto exchange in the world, by any measure. It's been particularly affected by some of these post-FTX regulatory moves. So what's at stake for Binance and what could all of this mean for the industry? Bloomberg reporter Emily Nicole joins me now. Welcome back to the show. Happy to be here. What's going on? Just as a macro level, (laughs) you know, big picture. What's happening? Why are people so stressed? Because people are stressed. So one of the biggest parts of crypto is stablecoins. They're really core to the way that trading operates. It's how traders and investors move money between fiat into crypto and then also just move between cryptocurrencies without letting their value diminish in between. A stablecoin is a cryptocurrency designed to have a relatively stable price. This means it can be backed by fiat, a commodity, other cryptos, or even algorithmically. And one of the three biggest of those, the Binance USD coin, which is issued by Paxos and branded by crypto exchange Binance, um, was told by regulators to stop issuing new tokens and essentially will now slowly wind down over the course of the next year, um, which is about $16 billion about to leave the market, at least in terms of it being in BUSD. So in any ordinary markets in finance, you know, say foreign exchange, say U.S. treasuries, say commodities, gold, frozen concentrated orange juice, $16 billion isn't really that much. It it, it like wouldn't be unmanageable if somebody had to unwind a position like that over time. Can the crypto market absorb 
that right now? In terms of the overall size of the stablecoin sector, it's not huge, but it's still pretty big. So there's about $130 billion worth of stablecoins out there at the minute. It used to be higher, um, but thanks to the recent routing crypto prices, it's now about $130 billion. So $16 billion out of that, not too huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the broader scale of things, in terms of how volumes are happening at the minute, with everybody basically not that keen on crypto, nobody's <laughs> really doing any buying or selling, um, that's a lot to hit the market at once. Mm-hmm. So things like being told that $16 billion worth of stablecoins is going to have to go, and also the fact that it's attached to one of the biggest players, if not the biggest player in crypto, Binance, um, that then sent everybody into a little bit of a panic. Digital currency prices are taking a hit following more U.S. regulatory pressure on the industry. Bitcoin slumped by more than 2%. Ether, meanwhile, was slashed by more than 4%. And Solana sunk a whopping eight. What does this have to do with Binance? Like, what's the relationship between Binance and this stablecoin issuer? And why do who has a problem with it? So BUSD is also known as Binance USD. It's issued and managed and wholly operated by a company called Paxos, which is regulated in the state of New York. But it is branded in conjunction with Binance. And so that means that, it, for example, it is the main way that you can convert fiat money into crypto assets on Binance, the biggest crypto exchange. It is the one that has the most pairs on that exchange. So it's basically the core of the way that entire exchange operates. And so even though there's only about 16 billion circulation, it probably does a whole lot more in terms of volume every day. Mm -hmm. And that is part of the reason why this is such a big deal, because it means that Binance itself as an exchange has to change the way it operates on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. on an hourly basis, on a second basis. It's going to have to think about, can we find a new issuer to help us keep the stablecoin alive? Mm -hmm. Can we convert into another stablecoin and make that our stablecoin? Do we have to think about leaving the US dollar ecosystem entirely and think about like non-US dollar stablecoins that we could use as the basis of our exchange from now on? Um, And so these are all the conversations that are happening at the minute. That seems like a lot of conversations at a time when, as you note, people are kind of freaked out anyway. So how did this all unfold? You know, it's like February, things are bumping along, and now Binance and Paxos are getting out of the branded stablecoin business for the moment. Like, what were the triggers here? So over the last few years, stablecoins have been a very big target for regulators because they look the most like a regular financial instrument, I guess. If you if you were a regulator and thinking about how do I tackle the world of crypto, mm-hmm. first thing you're going to go for is the thing that looks like what you're used to. Um, and stablecoins themselves are generally backed by regular things like cash, bank deposits, uh, like money market funds, treasuries, that kind of stuff. So again, relatively easy for regulators to understand. And in that vein, like the reserves backing stablecoins have become very important for regulators. They've been paying a lot of attention to exactly what is making up the reserves that support each stablecoin. If a stablecoin says it's worth a dollar, it needs to have a dollar in store somewhere in some form, in a traditional format, not not a cryptocurrency. So mm-hmm cash, whatever. And for Binance in particular, its handling of those reserves has been has been called into question in terms of how it does its own stuff on its exchange. It's not been super transparent. It needs, you know, to present audits, especially after the collapse of a big crypto exchange called FTX last year. And so in that current environment, as we head into February, you can think that Paxos on the one hand has 
been giving statements ever since BUSC started saying here is exactly what's in the bank account, right. holding everything for that token. But the other side of the equation, the branded partner, has not been as transparent, has not been very clear. And so the New York regulator said it had been asking questions of Paxos, the issuer, to say, you know, how are you managing this relationship? And it said in February that Paxos had not responded to those questions in a sufficient manner within the time frame that they'd asked. Mm-hmm. It needed to rectify some issues. It hadn't done those either. And so that's why BUSD has to be wound down. But remember, this is not about Paxos, a U.S. regulated New York a Department of Financial Services regulated entity. It's about the relationship between Paxos and Binance. So if you look at the Department of Financial Services statement on this, they note, they say it's important to note that Paxos and BUSD was authorized to be issued on the Ethereum blockchain, but was not authorized by the Department of Financial Services was the Binance peg. It's a form of fee token. So that is on the kind of the Paxos side and the regulator there is, you know, based based in New York. It's kind of like the one that's like, you are one of the companies that we have oversight over. We've asked you these questions. We are not satisfied with your answers. We're going to take action. Simultaneous to that, though, Paxos also got an inquiry from a federal regulator, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, which is, from Paxos's perspective, ridiculous. Because as far as the public statements from Paxos are concerned, they do not believe that stablecoins like BUSD should be considered a security, which means by definition, the SEC shouldn't have jurisdiction. I feel like we talk about this on the show all the time. <laughs> The idea that, the, you know, from the SEC's perspective, and again, to go back to our colleague on Bloomberg Opinion, Matt Levine, you know, as far as the SEC is concerned, if you're in crypto, you're probably doing something that should have been registered. You're probably transacting in some kind of security. From the crypto community's perspective, absolutely not. Is this a reconcilable position? I mean, there's there's two schools of thought here, right? Is that a stablecoin is something that you are giving a dollar to an issuer and they're giving you the equivalent of a dollar back and there's no real like interest earning or mm-hmm. anything like that happening in the meantime. And so that's why in the eyes of crypto, stable coins are not securities. But there's also other schools of thought that say, well, for example, if if these instruments that stablecoin issuers are investing in, like US treasuries, those are classed as securities, then um what a stable coin is as a security derivative and therefore that should be regulated right and we're not entirely clear now for example what the SEC's reasoning is in this case and Paxos said that it received a Wells notice from the SEC which is just like a notice to say that the, the regulator is looking at you very very keenly and that basically implies to the rest of us that there is a potential argument here that stable coins could be a, a considered a security in the SEC's eyes until we learn more from the SEC though it's all a little bit of guesswork as to what their reasoning exactly is we'll be right back with more from Bloomberg reporter Emily Nicole Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. 
Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. If I were a lawyer at a crypto company, like I would be charging more <laughs> for whatever my rates are. And I would probably be be having kind of, you know, tough and serious conversations with various execs around, OK, here are the risks. Here's the reality. One of those execs, this the CEO of Binance, CZE, as he's commonly known, did a Twitter spaces to talk about what he thinks this regulatory crackdown could mean for stablecoins. And I was intrigued to hear him suggest that it could mean algorithmic stablecoins come back. Could you just remind our listeners what algorithmic stablecoins are? So if a regular stablecoin, as we call them regular, (laughs) um, are ones that are backed by stores of reserves filled with traditional assets like cash and and U.S. treasuries and money market funds, um, some stablecoins try to use other methods to make sure that their token remains worth a dollar or whatever set values they've chosen. Some stablecoins like MakerDAO's DAI use stores of crypto. Mm -hmm. Actually, those reserves are mostly full of stablecoins themselves, so it's a little bit like a a crypto reserve of crypto dollars. But others try to use uh, a complex system of algorithmic incentives, so incentivizing traders to use their stablecoin, and a sister token, usually like another cryptocurrency, to basically try and use the two different assets to keep them in balance and make sure that one stays a dollar while the other stays attractive enough to keep traders using those incentives and make everything work accordingly. Famously, the strategy employed by Terra with its sister coin, Luna, mm-hmm. which... And that didn't work out so well. <laughs> not so great as outcomes go. About $40 billion lost, but yeah. Terra USD and its sister token, Luna, lost their peg to the dollar in the last few weeks. They had a spectacular meltdown, sending prices to near zero. And their now, why would algorithmic stablecoins, according to, you know, folks in crypto, not necessarily be subject to the same kinds of regulatory scrutiny? Purely, I guess, because of the fact that they don't have any real dollars in them, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So there's something that exists entirely outside of any kind of regulatory reach in terms of being able to say that, oh, well, there's a dollar in account there and I can probably regulate that. And so therefore I can regulate your stablecoin too. And the issue is there, though, that there are also plenty of regulatory rules out there for, for code in financial services. And there's no real argument, I guess, to say that algorithmic stablecoins couldn't fall under that too. We've definitely had a lot of communication from regulators in the last six months after the collapse of Terra to say that algorithmic stablecoins are something that should definitely be be regulated and frowned upon in, in some instances. I mean, in that same Twitter spaces, CZ also said that he specifically identified that the regulatory crackdown around stablecoins was triggered in part by the collapse of Terra. So, you know, it's this it's this kind of hilarious loop of 
this totally different kind of stablecoin goes poorly in 2022. So now in 2023, we're looking at a totally different set of stablecoins that may or may not go poorly. Uh, because this is this is what crypto is like. It's sometimes very confusing. But the other thing that he said, which I thought was interesting, is, you know, given that so much of this regulatory scrutiny is coming from U.S. entities, that folks might start moving into stablecoins that are backed by the euro or the Japanese yen or the Singaporean dollar. We don't yet have any indication from regulators in those places that they're planning a similar crackdown on stablecoins. But what we do know is that global regulators have all been saying that they need to be united and aligned on anything to do with crypto and enforcement. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, as I said earlier on in this episode, stablecoins have been the first go-to for regulators all around the world because it's the thing they understand the most. And so actually, we've had stablecoin regulation in consideration in some jurisdictions for several years at this point. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Terra Luna escalated the need for that to come into force but the conversations have been going for a while and that's why if you look at uh, regulation in Europe for example there's a markets and crypto assets directive that's due to be finalized in April there's some pretty big rules in there for stable coins it's particularly those that are denominated in the euro it actually the rules that they're suggesting will favor euro pegged stable coins over those that are denominated in other currencies so it'll try and actually attract people who are investing in crypto to use those over the others it's very likely that that will create the situation that CZ predicted mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there would be, you know, I guess more regulatory freedom in those stable coins. If anything, some jurisdictions like Europe, like Japan, like the UK uh, are more further ahead with plans to regulate stable coins in those currencies. You know, like we keep saying, banner time for lawyers in crypto. Thank you as always, Emily. Really good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. That was Bloomberg reporter Emily Nicole. You can find more of her reporting on the Bloomberg terminal and on Bloomberg.com. And she also regularly contributes to our twice-weekly newsletter, Bloomberg Crypto, so make sure to subscribe to that as well. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Ty Butler and Moses Undam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.